Welcome to the Beyond Affairs podcast. We are Affair Recovery Specialists, Anne and Brian Birched. For the past 20 plus years, we have dedicated our lives to helping couples and individuals just like you heal from marital betrayal. In addition to private intensives, we run weekend intensive experiences for groups, including Healing from Affairs, Take Your Life Back, and Man of Honor. We're also the authors of the book, My Husband's Affair Became the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. While we're Christians and all our materials are biblically based, you'll feel comfortable and get help no matter what you believe. Our website is beyondaffairs.com. And now, here's your host, Anne Birched. I wanted to share with you a, you know, a moment that happened in Brian and I's lives before um, he ever had an affair that I think was a preparation for me in the forgiveness process. There were a number of things that helped me and that those foundations matter. I'll call them that like things I had learned. And um, I had this, like when, when we, when I was young married, truth be told, um, I was unhappy a, a lot of the time, not related to my marriage. I was happy in my marriage, but I was unhappy in myself. I felt insecure. I felt less than, and basically I carried all the abandonment and neglect from my childhood into my marriage. You know, didn't really know that, didn't really know how to deal with it, but um, I was you know, when I look back, I can see like I was carrying a great weight of sadness. And I was I, I often struggled with sad feelings or depression. And one day, um, some years into our marriage, uh, the first time was I remember, I think this was 1989. And we were married in 81. So we're married eight years, we went to this uh, leadership conference. And um, it was a big deal. I was so excited. I remember this leadership conference was in Seattle and we lived in this small town in Canada, north of Montana. And, um, you know, it's like, whoa, we're going to the big city, like so exciting. And we got to hear a lot of famous speakers. And I, you know, it was like a week long conference and I, I got so much. Also, we didn't have, we didn't have, we had a babysitter. We didn't bring our kids. Also very exciting. Um, and, uh, I got so much out of that teaching and that conference, but there was one speaker in particular that had, um, uh, it just, the, the message has really stuck with me and this was a Christian conference. So again, this is like overlapping with my faith. But the message that really stuck with me that that God came, you know, Jesus died on the cross for us to have life and life abundantly. He loves us so much and he doesn't want us sad and bummed out all the time. And that if we really understand who he is and those promises, we can have joy in our life. So I left that conference on what I would now call conference high. I mean, I was the happiest person that you could imagine. And I was just sure that I was going to be happy every single day of my life from then on. I now had the answer like this was going to be good. Well, um, I, I will have to report to you that that only lasted two weeks. Um, not surprisingly. 
And um, then I had this incident take place, which I find very embarrassing and very shameful. And, you know, so I'm embarrassed that I did this. Um, But, and this was during a period in our lives, Brian, uh, if you know more about our story, is a Finnish carpenter by trade. And so we owned a kitchen cabinet manufacturing business in those years. And Brian used to build dream kitchens for people's dream houses. And we had built a house um, that had an extra high um, ceiling in the basements or the lower levels. The lower level was his shop and our residence was above. And uh, anyways, I um, lost it with my three children. completely, totally lost it. Uh, It was definitely parent out of control day. And I, you know, was, from my memory, I was screaming at my kids, you know, you kids are ruining my life. You get over there. Don't come out of your room. Like whatever I was saying, I was just out of control. And um, that, that's awful. Um, And I find it very shameful. And I, The only thing that brought me out of that moment is suddenly there was a gentle tap on my shoulder from behind me, which had the effect on my screaming self in that moment as if somebody had slapped my face. And I turned around um, and there was Brian. And the only thing he said to me in a very calm voice was, do you realize that I was downstairs with a customer? Great. The carpenter with a psycho wife. Um, and Because, you know, houses like you can use stuff. And so I felt so embarrassed and shame. It's funny how we feel more shameful when we realize an outsider has now witnessed this horrific thing. And so I just crashed emotionally so much for joy from the conference. I just like felt like I was a horrible human being. I felt like I was inadequate. I felt like there was no point. And, you know, I, there were nothing Brian could say, would I receive as a comfort? And I would then call this next thing that happened a bit of a God moment, because this is, this is about forgiveness is he said, um, he said, Anne, I'm noticing something about you. He said, um, he said, you, you can't forgive people, which was very true. Like anybody who, you know, like you guys might think like, oh, Anne is really good at forgiving. No, I always tell people I'm good at teaching this because I'm so bad at it. Um, because I was always the person that would hold a grudge for years and years over small offenses, never mind something big like an affair. And, uh, you know, I would do little stupid vengeful things like not shopping in a certain store because something happened and they didn't make it right as if they were even suffering over that like so dumb but um you know and i i tell my stories to people who would listen about how badly i'd been wronged and uh but he's so brian said i noticed that you can't forgive people he said unless he says your expectation is that they should feel really bad for a long period of time and they should ask for your forgiveness over and over again. And they have to say how sorry they are and how wrong they are over and over and over again. And if they feel bad, 
and remorseful and they show how sad they are and they look go around their lives looking glum for a long period of time and if they apologize enough times and enough times goes by then you will finally forgive them and he said now i've noticed now that you treat yourself the same way he says you're going around feeling bad and glum and saying how sorry you are and being remorseful and talking about how bad and wrong you are. And he said, you know, this is not helping the situation. What I need is for you to kind of get happy again. And our kids kind of need you to get happy again. And I, you know, it's not making anything better. You, you, it's not making, you're not fixing the situation that happened because it already happened and it can't unhappen, you know? You apologize one time, like you try, you make you you change and learn how to be better. But going around feeling sad and glum, apologizing over and over for weeks and months is not helping. And he said, and what you're really doing is you're spitting in the face of Jesus Christ and saying, yeah, your death on the cross wasn't enough. And I, in my little humanity, am going to now add to that by punishing myself. You know, your your death plus my punishing myself will now make it good. And it doesn't. And I've never, that, that was a big foundational piece that helped me with this concept of forgiveness. So I know it's faith-based. I don't know what others of you do it with it, but I do know that going around f punishing people for extended periods of time is not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse. And, um, you know, like, yes, people should uh, be sorry for what they did. Yes, they should apologize sincerely. And this is now speaking to reconciliation. Yes, they should change and grow and be better people. But we need to give them the space to do that. And if they don't do it, then we need to let them go. You know, and, and however that looks for you, I'm not going to, I'm not saying you have to divorce. That's a choice that only you can make. Um, but you have to find yourself at peace with it. And so um, I want to share like, so this journey of forgiveness, that's not going to happen in this one hour, um, you know, and I'll share one more thing because this is what I promised to share. This is what I had a couple of weeks ago when I did a call in our Tuesday night calls on forgiveness and somebody had um, actually, it was our two, it was a breakout session for, that we do on Tuesday nights, and somebody had asked a question about forgiveness, and they had very passionately had said, "Yes, and yes, I've done all of your courses, I've read all of your stuff, but I just want to really know, like, how did you do it? How did you really forgive and let go?" So you know, I love it when people are really real like that because it is really hard. And, you know, the, the thing that I shared at that time was actually, um, the, you know, the other thing that had happened before is, honestly, it's reading Corey Ten Boom's book, The Hiding Place. And honestly, I believe forgiveness is supernatural. But when I hear stories like that, I am inspired because, you know, I think about when I was on my affair recovery journey, I remember one day I was in the gym and they often have the TVs on in the gym. And I heard like on the news, some kind of news program, and they were like, and this family experienced the worst pain anybody could ever suffer. 
And I was rolling my eyes thinking, oh, brother, I wonder what Hollywood thinks the worth pain is because it's obviously when your spouse has an affair. And so I kind of was watching this thing. And, you know, from my memory, I think it was something about a family losing a child and having to forgive. And I'm like, okay, I guess that is bad too. Um, at the time, but you know, the worst pain you're in is that the, the worst pain is the pain that you are in really, because it's all just, you know, bad. Those, you know, what you guys are going through is big, but the thing that I ask myself is, um, if, if, my, if I could change my life, if, if turning the hands of time back was actually a thing. If I could have a marriage where my spouse never cheated, but I would have to go through the suffering of a concentration camp, would I trade? Would I trade with Corey Ten Boom? And you know, I don't, like I really don't like physical pain. Starvation sounds very bad to me. Um, and watching other people die it sounds horrific. So I, I'm not sure I could say yes to that question. I don't think I could. Right. And so that helps me because it's like, well, I'm not the only one that suffered. Maybe I ought to get a grip. Maybe I ought to realize that this is part of the human experience. And why do I think that I should not, you know, suffer? So, so the, the, that can also help is looking at the stories of other people and what they've suffered and being inspired by their ability to um, forgive. I also, um, one of our coaches had actually recommended about a year ago, a book, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, the name, but uh, Irena uh, Sendler, that's it. I, Irena Sendler. So you can look up her story and buy um, her book. And um, she has a, different places. She was, she saved children um, out of the Warsaw ghetto in Poland during the war, quite heroic, and eventually was also captured, suffered tremendously and released. But in the book, there are some pictures of her like that they have. And there's a picture of her after the war. And she, and she was single at the time of the war, but she actually was married after, and she had a child after and there's this tremendous joy in her eyes in this photo. And it's this photo that does it for me because I'm like, my God, look at the joy she has. Like that's the joy of somebody who's truly forgiven. That's, you know, if she can do it, so can I. So things like that are part of my secret of how, but the way that different people tell it differently and you never know what it is that's going to stick in your head and help you to overcome what you're going through. So, um, so there's a question here. Did I share the list of my hurts with my husband? Uh, no, I did not. A little different context. I, I had the opportunity where I was able to share my story. So it's kind of an overlap with my husband but, you know, the, the list of hurts, I think you just need to let all the ugly fly out of you. And, you know, you need to be able to sometimes let 
tell it the way that you need to tell it. And so some of the stuff on that list is going to be in the category of what I call garbage thoughts. And I think you can further destroy somebody by dragging them through the garbage thoughts. And I don't think it um, brings healing. And, you know, and that's one of the things like oftentimes when we're hurt, we try to fix the hurt by doing more hurtful things and it doesn't work. So that's, again, what forgiveness is, you know, like there's an unfairness about all of this, but that's the point with forgiveness. It's not fair. And um, so I told him the story of the pain and he listened empathetically, but I don't necessarily go through this whole list of um, garbage. What, what I think that you need to talk to your spouse about or anybody that you're reconciling a relationship with is what the actual wrongs are that need the changing, like the part that they need to hear and where they need to change, not, um, so I, ho- I hope it makes sense. Like I sometimes like to say, you know, share, I was one of the, the only other time when I almost divorced my husband, uh, was, um, there was this season we went, we went through a bankruptcy in 1993 and t- for a temporary season, Brian decided that we should just move in with his mother. And uh, yeah, that's when I almost divorced him. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't, well, I was still in love with him, but I, if I, I couldn't do the living with his mom part. And so that, you know, I was ready to leave. And um, I remember one day, I won't go into the whole thing, but anyways, I remember having a, a thought like I wished that she would just die. And so, you know, if you were to write something like that on your, like, I think that's human. I I think that's horrific and wrong and embarrassing to admit, but I think we're all human. And I think we all have things. That's what I call a garbage thought. Now, like if I think about reconciling with my mother-in-law, do you think that I should say to her, and you know, I just wished that you would die that day. <laughs> I don't think I should say that because that's me with a garbage thought. That's not edifying or helpful. That's not like I might go to her with, you know, um, it's not okay that you're always correcting me. That I could go to somebody with. That's where they actually need to change. And that's how you handle it with your spouse. And I don't think anybody benefits from a laundry list. Like it's my observation with people that, you know, nobody really takes criticism well okay we we might we hopefully aim for it i aim for it but i'm going to tell you i don't like it and i and i i guess because i'm aware i know what that can feel like no one does so you know i don't think we should have put people through things that isn't really what they need to change just our garbage thoughts and i don't want people to come to me with their garbage thoughts that come to me with what I really need to change, but don't do a verbal vomit on me. And your hurts is a verbal vomit. And so that's, that's the difference. Yeah. And so, you know, someone's writing here that they have been on the receiving end of the, their spouse, I guess the unfaithful spouse has said, you know, I'd be okay if you died tomorrow. So I'm really sorry to the person that had to listen to that. And you see what I mean? That that's that's horrific. That is wrong. That's just, I mean, it's almost as wrong as having an affair. 
you know, so sometimes words, you know, that's, that's horrific. That's abusive. Like, so yeah, I'm sorry that your spouse said that to you. And I'm not, I'm not going to condone for any marriage that any spouse say those kind of garbage thoughts to each other. That's not, and that I hope that all of you aspire to be better men and better women. Um, and you know, because you just because somebody else lowered themselves by making a decision to step outside of the um, marriage that it uh, doesn't mean you have to lower yourself by becoming a person that hurts back in the same way. That's, you know what, that's probably what the person who plays the role of the other woman or the other man is. Well, if I can't have love and if I'm going to be hurt, then I don't care if I hurt others. I think there is a sour grapes element. Let's not be that person. Because you're only, you know, they're not happy. Let's face it, they're just not. And so uh, the person wrote that they left and divorced. I'm glad because, you know, one of the things that Brian and I share with couples, well, I guess one more tidbit um, for you all is that, is it, it's around this word intentions. And, we, you know, I used to say to Brian when he'd be hurt by something I did, he'd you know, I'd say, well, I had good intentions. And it used to make him mad that I said that. And the reason it made him mad is because he said, that's a given. I already know that you have good intentions, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't, it's like you're trying to diminish what you did by saying, but my, I did this bad thing that hurt you, but I had good intentions. Like it's kind of irritating in that moment. And so we don't say that to each other anymore. We, we know. And, and so we say to husbands and wives, if you're going to be in a marriage, you should know that your spouse has good intentions and you should have good intentions to them. And if you believe that your spouse wants to harm, damage, or just plain be mean, you should not be in that relationship. Like that would be a run moment, right? Like, isn't, doesn't that make sense? Like if you're in a marriage, there should, good intentions is a given. That's, you know, so we hurt each other, but we don't, you know, like, oh, I just woke up this morning and think I'll just harm my spouse. That's, this should not be a thing in a marriage. And um, so, well, you guys are wonderful. Um, I'm cheering you on. You can do this. Um, so have a good week. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening. This is Brian and Ann Birch signing out. We do seminars, coaching, and private intensives to help you. So we want to hear from you soon. We care about your story. And don't forget to check out our book, My Husband's Affair Became the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. Our phone number is 360-306-3367. And again, that website is beyondaffairs.com. All right, stay strong.